Common here, considering that two thirds of the cast are female. Uh, we've done it before. We'll do it again. Just know a lot of very, very talented females. Uh, this time around, we got our pre-performer Christine Starkey, female heroine of The Other Side, great indie horror film. All of which are involved, actually. Um, Ryan, Renee, Lugo, and also Carrie L. Schoberg, and um, also known as Carrie Jubilee for all you Facebookians. And we're going to have all three of these ladies in here, and you'll be definitely, uh, we'll have an accompaniment, accompaniment, I can't never say that word, by some great female musicians. Friends of mine, first female musicians on Kettle Whistle Radio ever, Wings for Armor. My buddies Murph McCulloch and Christy Drummer, two wonderful ladies, great musicians, have a new album coming out, full album actually, got to hear the whole thing. And you're going to hear that first, and later on in the show, we're going to follow up with Fist Fight in the Parking Lot from the soundtrack of The Other Side. And as always, um, of course, as always, thank you for tuning in all together. So in a little bit here, we're going to be talking The Other Side, The Rage of the Stage, and Deja Vu. I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things... That's well here, in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. 
Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. This is Dave, and with me right now, I do have a repeat performer, uh, one of my favorite actresses, new actresses, I will say, Miss um, Christine Starkey. Hello. Hey, welcome back. Good to be back. It was really quick. When's the last time you were here? It wasn't too long ago. It was right? back in January. Okay, and after I saw the other side for like the fifth time, I think. <laughs> so yeah, she is the heroine of the other side, indie horror flick, and you're, what's the director's name? We have two directors, Chris Nesbazinski and Ray. I always pronounce this wrong. That's why I asked you to do it. <laughs> Magelli. Okay. Mangelli. And we are joined by two others in here, too. If you want, ladies, if you want to introduce yourselves, sure. also involved with The Other Side, I believe. Sure thing. I'm Carrie Schoberg. I was one of the associate producers on The Other Side. And I also did the costume and wardrobe design and assisted with special effects, hair, makeup, and props. I'm Ryan Lugo, and I was a production assistant slash... Um, Overall, you were also in the film. Oh yeah, I played the zombie. And, and Greg's wife. wife. Featured zombie and Greg's wife. That's yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I love the movie. Now, you all met at the making of this film, or was it prior to that? No, that's how we all met. And you yeah. just hit it off, or? Yep. Really, that easy. <laughs> we became a film family. <laughs> it was happens. a real close-knit family. Everybody really gathered together. Well, that happens. The, the, the folks from Night of the Living Dead are still tra- like a traveling circus. That they all so stick cool. together. Yeah, I'm good buddies with John Russo, and he, uh, he's he been on the show quite a bit. And he just he has this uh, caravan of people that follow him to every show, and it's just great, including fans. And I'm hoping that for you guys is too. Uh, as a matter of fact, conventions. Have you done conventions yet? You've well, been to them, but... We, um, we had a booth at the, the zombie convention. Oh, nice. That's yeah. one of my favorite ones. To help promote. And was, that was a lot of fun. Was it good? That's oh, always that a good one. That was a blast. That was one of the better ones for me years ago. I didn't know if it was still productive. Yes, and we used that to promote for our um, Pittsburgh debut that we held at the Hollywood Theater in Dormont in Love October. the place. Nice. And then coming up next weekend, we are headed to Cincinnati for Horror Hound, and that'll be our national debut yes speaking of horror hound good segue good segue um you you have a recent victory there miss christine Starkey. um <laughs> and we i just found out i guess was it last night that you sent me the hey look at this uh, yeah last night i just got the news too uh chris nesbazinski made the announcement that uh chris and ray were up for best directors chad Connolly is up for best actor and i was up for best actress and that was such an honor i was really <laughs> Really shocked by that. I sent it to you. I sent it to a few friends and family members. I'm like, this is insane. It's so cool. Yeah, and I, I wish I could go to that uh, Horror Hound Festival, but I can't because of my uh, dedication to the current show that I'm in. But oh, okay. I told I told Chad, I told Chris, and you too, Carrie. I want drunk text messages and phone calls of everything that goes down there. I think we can do that. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, Maybe you can do a little phone or FaceTime, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I couldn't be there today. <laughs> yeah. Come on, the big time. I mean, that Hollywood does it. Why can't you do it? Actually, it'd be so cool if you did that. Did what? FaceTime. You know, like, well, she's on the set for such and such oh. right now, so she 
she couldn't be here. That would be cool. You could write a little speech for I can go up and accept your work. <laughs> exactly. Uh, See? You know, now she's thinking. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to win, so we got a plan. Oh, well, thank you. I don't know if I'll win. I'm just stoked that I got the nomination. I was. That's really exciting. It's really exciting that the other side is going to be a part of oh, this. Yeah. Really well-known uh, horror convention. I'm well so ex- so excited for you guys. I'm really excited. Very well-deserved. And your current project, I think we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, is, are you talking about uh, Professor Eldritch? Is that yes, the one? Professor Eldritch's Asylum for Uncanny and Extraordinary Women. We had our opening night last night. So, yeah. Well, yeah okay. uh, it, was, it was such a happy Friday the 13th for me. I got the nomination. I had opening night, and we had our uh, cast party at Trundle Manor. It was such an awesome Trundle night. Trundle Manor, yeah. And, cool, uh, place. Cool, oh, place. cool place. Cool place. Cool place. We're going to have another party there uh, on Brenda Spencer's birthday on April 3rd as well. But, uh, yeah, our current project, uh, we just uh, opened last night. We're going to be running for a month, and uh, it's been a really great experience. We've had the rehearsal process for close to a uh, month and a half now, and uh, it's been fun. So uh, when's the next performance that people can like go see? Well, we have Thursday through Sunday shows, uh, doubles on Sundays and Saturdays, and we're currently sold out right now. Mm-hmm. But we might That's good. we might be getting a few more uh, performances in there. Uh, we're going to be looking into that. And I know you told you talked about it last time, but for the novices out there, what exactly is it? Like well, Professor Altridge's Asylum for Uncanny and Extraordinary Women. Uh, you, it's a immersive theater project, and you go, you walk through a vacant house in Pittsburgh, and you follow this character named Nina. You, we don't know how she got there, as well as the rest of these women who are residents of the asylum, and she meets all these different women who were plucked from their own times and histories, and they're all put into this house for some unknown reason. Is it a safe haven? Is it a prison? Um, we don't really know, but through through these characters who you meet and interact with, uh, you come to realize what's kind of going on there. And again, they're all real women throughout history, and my character, her name is Brenda, and she's raised, uh, based off of a... Um, real person throughout history who is the mother of schoolyard shootings and uh, she committed a terrible crime at the age of 16 where she wounded eight small children, a police officer, and killing the principal and custodian of the school that was across the street from her house. And um, I was plucked at a time where I just committed this crime and put into this house and what does this house mean to me? It's kind of sort of my safe haven and my family that I never had. And so when things start to go down in this house, how does Brenda react to all of it? It's rich. It is rich. rich. And, uh, yeah, it's been a fun, fun experience for sure. And I'm kind of losing my voice because Brenda, you know, she goes all crazy every once in a while. Hot water, hot water with lemon. That's what you need. Honey, too, I've been (laughs) told. Absolutely. Yes, yes. I thought you were getting fresh just then. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I want a couple of things here. Um, Ryan Ryan Renee Lugo, correct? All right. It's a mouthful when I had too many R's all at once. <laughs> but um, as far as, now you were production assistant on the other side, but I, I noticed something interesting, rock climbing instructor as well. Oh, wow, yeah. 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 I saw that. I just, I, I like to look at little things like that, like um, how do you go from one to the other, but is that just how you loosen up? Or <laughs> I, I used to rock climb. Yeah. I, I really would like to. No, it's admirable. I have people in my family I that do it. I in Florida, and in Florida we have this amazing rock climbing gym really close to my house, and I got a job there and got involved in that community and was teaching uh, people how to like hold the ropes up for each other and it was really fun. And you got involved it. in the arts somehow. That's what a contrast. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> well, you have uh, your work. You wrote something. Deja vu. I hear. Yep. Yeah. And I, Carrie's also involved in that, I believe. Mm-hmm. She produces it. Okay. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? 
Um, it's about a group of friends who um, are when it opens up, they're dressed in medieval attire, and we don't really know why they're in medieval attire, but it's just like a cool flair. And they're talking about all this crazy stuff, and they're smoking weed. And one of them starts to <laughs> you're, freak you're allowed out. to talk about that here. Don't <laughs> okay. worry about it. <laughs> one of them starts to freak out, and um, some crazy stuff goes down. It's just uh, an interesting little short that I, that came out of we just wanted to do a project together. And we were shopping around for ideas, and I was like, well, I got this thing that's not really developed. I guess I'll play around with it and see if we can make something good out of it. And it turned out really great, and I'm, I'm still cool. just, like wrapping my head around what it means because it's um, like such a taboo subject, I guess. Hmm. I, don't, I don't really talk about it much because I because it's talking about weed. and yeah. Weed's um, kind of in right now. <laughs> it, is, it is in, but I, I'm, I still feel like I'm surrounded by... Like people, I, w- I work in a daycare, so. Oh yeah, well. So I understand. I know a lot of teachers. Different. They can't talk about it, much less do it. Right, so. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so it is taboo in a lot of ways. I see what you're saying. She but, also directed it, and she's editing it as well. Okay. Yeah, it's a little I, comedy and deja vu because you don't know if they're having deja vu, if they're stuck in a real time loop. You're not sure what's going on until the end. Okay, and that's that's Carrie, by the way. <laughs> we got. I'm sorry. I, I should have got you closer to the mic oh, for that. Okay. That's I'm that's my fault. But now, how are you involved? Um, I produced it for her okay. and uh, cast it and in the costumes for her. She got nice. an amazing cast, Thank an you. awesome costume. How many so people are in this? Just four. Four. Okay, well, that's cool, intimate. Uh, so you, you get to know four characters and they're just like whacked out of their minds or what exactly? No, they're, they're not. They're, it's just this one person, this one friend that they have to convince that he's not stuck in time. Oh, wow. Okay, you know how you always funny. have that one friend when you're smoking? <laughs> Who goes a little left? So that's kind of, that's <laughs> oh, kind of what yeah. I wanted to do with it. It's not. It's not just him. A lot of people experience that when they're smoking, and I think that's like a. That's something I wanted to, um, kind of talk about, I guess, or, or start a conversation about is like this this idea of like losing control, and how it's not a bad thing, but a lot of people experience it as a bad thing, and they True. like right off that experience it's like oh that's terrible i don't want to like show my face that way again but i feel like it's important well actually carrie just said it um there is always that one person like you've been around that one person at the bar that shouldn't be drinking (laughs) and or or just becomes an emotional wreck and you hear their whole life story and you know like i'm not gonna drink with this person ever again you know it's just you're right there's always that one person that ruins the experience or maybe is there one thing they needed (laughs) i'm I'm convinced some people do need it and, and i don't think people should be ashamed of like when they have that experience. And now you, you're involved with editing as well. Mm-hmm. Did you edit on the other side also, or no. just okay? Now, I think editing is a painful experience. Um, <laughs> do you find it rewarding or more painful to cut up something that you you want it all there? But do you feel better? Um, I, well, I went into it knowing that I would have to kill some of my <laughs> darlings, so to say. Yeah. Like, um, so I think it's it's rewarding. And uh, we actually forgot to mention Ray Mongeli. Am I saying this right? Mongeli. Yeah. <laughs> um, the direct one of the directors for the other side shot it for us. He came in and Jack Davis acted in it. Who Jack Davis. was great. Jack Davis the from other the other side. side. Yep, yep. And, He's uh, a great actor. We're so like yes. interconnected. We forget how interconnected we are. We are, and we're, we're, we're it goes together. back to that close knit family it's that we confusing are. Confusing for yeah. me. I'm, I'm, yeah. I can just wrap around and like in this moment right now. It was like, yeah, you're all. I, I couldn't figure out how you're all connected, and then I saw that you were all on the other side oh, at some and Rick point. Did, Rick did. And uh, Rick Gizzy, Rick Gizzy did sound, sound for his boyfriend. 
And he had also who she met, met on the other side. Yes, who I met on the other side. Traveling circus. And now I'm roommates with Ryan and Rick. It's all working out. And, <laughs> oh, and also, Ryan and I, I mean, part of the reason why we want to continue to work together is because, you know, as women in film, mm-hmm. we want to promote that in a positive way and get more opportunities oh, yeah. as women and for women. And uh, Ray's wife, Missy, she actually has been learning camera work. And it was an opportunity for her to be our second camera. Mm-hmm and uh, join us as a woman on the crew as well. I, I was definitely going to get into you, Carrie. So I just, yeah. Uh, now, I had you as Carrie Jubilee. What name do you go by? Oh, uh, my name is it's actually Carrie Schoberg. Right. I knew that, <laughs> but I didn't know if you wanted everyone to know that. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's okay. fine. Uh, Jubilee is just the, uh, uh, that's a Facebook name, not a stripper name. Let's just be clear about that. <laughs> yeah, actually, my, my assistant, uh, Ms. D, heard that, and she laughed. She's like, that's a great name. It should be a stripper name. It, 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 it probably I, is I somewhere. I decide to change careers. <laughs> I'll bet there's somebody in Texas that does exactly, yeah, start. Jubilee. Um, now you have. I, I found this really cool. The Rage on the Stage. Uh, the Rage of the Stage Players. Right. Is my um, community theater troupe that I've been a co-executive director, founder, and managing director for since two thousand and one. That's a lot of work. Um, it is. It is. But it has been. It's been my baby. That has been. You know what I've done for the last. We're starting our fourteenth season. Wow, fourteen. Fourteenth. Bloody hell is the one. Bloody right hell now. is the one that caught my attention. Next. Yeah. Yes. And um, my partner on that, who's actually my ex, uh, James Michael Schoberg, he is an amazing playwright, and he writes most of the of the pieces that we produce. And Bloody Hell is actually a um, post-apocalyptic take on Dracula. Fantastic. It is the third in a series um, taking place in this. Um, imagine like an Escape from New York, except we're in of London. Oh, okay. So London has fallen into ruin. They've basically. You know, left it for dead. <laughs> the elite are living in a circle uh, outside got the under, of that. The underdwellers in the sewer, right? And the underdwellers are in the sewer there. <laughs> no, in in what we call old London. And we had also set a play called Hooked there, which was uh, Peter Pan, right? And following that, Oliver Twisted, which was Oliver. Are they all dark? They are all dark. Okay. They are all interconnected. Okay. I so this check will this be out. the third in the trilogy, and we're we're really very excited about that. So I'm producing that, doing the costumes, and uh, performing in it as well this time. Who do you play? I will be playing Mrs. Westenra, who is Lucy Westenra's mother. Oh, okay. And uh, it's interesting. Because I was going to go for Lucy. Well, you have the Lucy thing going. Thank you. I did play yeah. Lucy years ago uh, for Edgar Allan Poe Theater. Nice. Wow. So it's kind of coming uh, full circle. And I had also been a bride in a Dracula production uh, for Rage years cool. ago as well. Um Christine, but, you're holding out on me. I, I should have met these people earlier. <laughs> hey, I've been wanting to do this, and, and yeah, I'm really glad. Uh, you know, like these chicks are fucking awesome. Oh, I, I agree. Love them. I agree. And I hate to cut you off. We're gonna take a little break here, okay. and we're gonna play a little bit of music. And uh, let's see, um, we have a few choices here, but uh, we'll get back to that a little bit, and we'll get back to all these three lovely ladies in a couple of minutes here. Actually, really c- kind of considered. I have to play disappointed because uh, from Wings for Armor, um, I love video for this song really 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 cool uh check it out if you can it's really well made and very emotional very emotional very good song again murph mcculloch and christy drummer thanks for the music
sticking with us. Um, Carrie, we were talking to you about the rage of the stage for a while there. And what else did, did you have to add before I cut you off rudely? Um, for the, <laughs> we have been around for 14 seasons, and surprisingly I'll run into people all the time. They're like, oh, I would love to see that kind of theater. I didn't know about you guys. I'm like, well, we're, we're gypsy. You know, we, we find theaters here and there. We find spaces here and there. Uh, but we wanted to do something different in community theater. We were tired of just doing Our Town and, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> Uh, so we started this company that focuses on black comedy, adult fantasy, horror. You know, so we do a lot of different adaptations of um, Grimm's fairy tales. You know, we've done Alice in Wonderland, but cool. all very risky and you know, very sexually charged. Oh, really? And that sort of thing. And they actually, now that we've produced them, they have found success. They've been produced in London, in um, nice. yes, New York, um, California. There's uh, Alice in Wonderland is actually going to be produced in Chicago next week, and it just finished a run in um, Virginia. So we've been doing this like kind of alternative fringe theater company for, for a while, and it's been really fun. And then a couple of years ago, I got back into film, and recently I started a new company called Friendly Zombie Productions, and we are working um, to start a fir- our first feature. Really? And are you allowed to talk about it or we holding out on that? We'll hold out on that. Okay, one for no, a I understand. Bit. I understand. Um, but Until next episode. Yeah, <laughs> we're really excited. And there about will it. be another. <laughs> she knows you're always welcome back here. Once you, oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks, this is yeah. its own carnival. <laughs> it doesn't uh, travel much, but <laughs> I shouldn't say that. We do off prem when I go to a show in say Indianapolis. I bring the microphone and we do it. But, but yeah. uh, Jack Davis is writing the uh, screenplay and nice. I'm producing that together. So uh, that'll be the the next film project on my radar very cool do you have a favorite that you've done already not film, film not film but um play yeah i did a play two years ago called winnie the pooh and the seven deadly sins <laughs> uh for rage that uh, jim wrote as well and i got to play piglet slash envy it was amazing <laughs> in fact we're doing a free seated reading of that on uh, sunday march 29th down at the Third Street uh, Art Gallery in Carnegie, and uh, just because people wanted to hear it, they missed it the first time. Nice. So we're gonna do a free reading of it, and we got most of the original cast back. If you do a free one, isn't that gonna like escalate into more shows, or <laughs> more need, more want? What happens? How do you answer your audience with that? Um, we do like we have a lot of followers on Facebook, and you know people follow us. They've been you know with I see us that. for years. Um, and we would love to do Winnie the Pooh and the Seven Deadly Sins again, <laughs> but it does require a lot of prosthetic makeup. And that's kind of pricey, and mm. we do things on a shoestring, naturally. Uh, and actually, I don't know if you've ever have, have you watched Face Off on yeah. Sci-Fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Peter is on there right now, and he actually designed all of the makeup for Winnie the Pooh and the Seven Deadly Sins the first time we that's did really it. Cool. So I don't know. His, pr- his price has probably gone up <laughs> <laughs> since he's famous. Now. I think he was in Indianapolis of all places, the Days of the Dead. I think he was at that one. I, I saw. I think it was him. Yeah, very popular. He's, he's the fourth Rager to appear on. Um, 
Face off. That's a really good sign. Do they plug you? I mean, do they come back and say, hey, this is where we, where I came from, or I work with these guys? Well, what we found is that we get a lot of, of students or self-taught people, people out of the Savini School or out of the Art Institute, who have film credits for special effects and makeup, yeah. but they don't have any theater credits. Okay. And they find us, or we find them. So they'll come to a show with us to get that credit and those photos. That's that they cool. need for their for their resume. I just, everybody wins. Well, what we believe in, and like what you were talking about, Dr. John Towers here, who got me started with the Red Horse Radio and this radio thing, and plus comic books and writing. Um, we always like support each other and support somebody new, you know, coming up. Um, like uh, Bryce Katzman, I have to plug him. He was a guy that used to come around as a fan to our table and buy our comics and stuff, and and be drawn as a zombie by John and. Within, he used to say, like, I wish I could do what you guys do. And I just looked at him and was like, I'm sure you could probably do it better. Sure enough, within three years, he made a movie. <laughs> so, and now we support him and he's been on this show. It's just, I just like the wheel going around like that. And I hope that you guys do the same thing. It sounds like you do because you're all pretty tight. Well, we do. And part of Rage's mission statement is for anybody, whether they've ever done anything with theater or not, if you have an artistic ability and you would like to try that out in some way on the stage, you know, maybe you're a mom and you just like to sew kids clothes. Well, maybe you could come sew costumes nice. for us. I like that. So we like to involve people who just have the interest. You cool. don't have to be a theater major or have any experience to come do it. And you get them involved. That's cool. You make, you make like you make you get that kill switch, or rather that switch that was never hit before, and then right. boom, they're into it, and you open this doorway. That's really cool. Really cool. I, that's kind of what happened with me, so I understand that completely. Mm-hmm. Looks like you have something to say. Um, no, <laughs> I'm just I'm just taking this all in too. You know. <laughs> well, anyway, all right. So um, the project right now, you said, is bloody hell, right? That's what's happening. Bloody or, hell. Yeah. Yeah, that is happening. It'll be at McKee Sport Little Theater oh, okay. in July. And are you on Twitter with um, the Rage, Rage on the stage? Rage is on Twitter. Yes, we are. We should plug that now before we forget. You want to t- give them the Twitter account? It's just well, it's just Rage of the Stage. It's just just at, ra- literally okay. everything's just Rage of the Stage. Go on Facebook, type in Rage of the Stage. Go on Twitter, type in Rage of the Stage. It's all just all one word. Okay. You want to email us Rage of the Stage at Yahoo. <laughs> and now back to Deja Vu. When does this happen? Are we going to see this in the, new, the near future? Summertime? What? I'm hoping to be done with it. Uh, at the end of April, in May. And this is Ryan, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we got to talk again. <laughs> it takes some time. Right now, I'm just I'm just doing a rough cut right now. Right, post production. Yeah, there's still going to be an extensive amount of sound design that I want to put in there. What kind of sound? Like, what kind? Of, is there going to be a soundtrack to this thing, or well, what kind of music I mean, are you going music for? Well, music that we can use that's independent, and um, that we can maybe change a little bit because this is going to be a trip scene. So. Um, Sound is going to play a huge role in in how the audience experiences the film. So. Okay. Oh, you know what, Carrie? I had a question for you. I saw. Um, do you know Tiffany Apan? Uh, fetish Di- fetish oh, dolls I, die laughing. Were you involved with that? I was in fetish dolls die laughing. Yes, yeah. I was. I was not a fetish doll. I um. Should I give away what I was? I was you actually. Can. I was actually one of the killers. Okay. Because um, no, she was my first guest ever before I had a musical guest. Um. Yeah, Tiffany. Yeah. Pan, yeah. I did not get to work with her. Okay. We didn't have any scenes together. But yeah, she was kind of. Um, one, she had a bigger part in that. I, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, I, I meant to bring that up earlier because I didn't know if you guys knew each other. But, yeah, I just saw her recently at a show. She's doing pretty well. She has a new book out and stuff. Fantastic. So, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And some new music, too. She's a good artist. Now, I do have some questions for all of you. <laughs> this should be fun. Um, just really curious. Well, first of all, I want to know, yeah, guilty pleasures uh, movie-wise, anything that like you put on that you're embarrassed to put on, but you can't not watch Nothing it. embarrasses me. I, had that, I knew that Carrie would say that. Um, <laughs> you, Christine? Guilty pleasures? Yeah. 
Oh, that I love to watch. Just don't say 90210 or something like that. Oh, God, no. no. Um, <laughs> I've been watching uh, two Disney movies a lot lately. Frozen. Um, no. <laughs> no, sorry, Brad Stevenson. I'm not no, into that. Right. No, you can stay. Um, you can stay, though. <laughs> It's our generation feels it's, that way about Frozen. I know, right? I mean, I don't understand. I don't understand Frozen. I don't. Um, Me either. I watched it. I did watch it. And so did Just, I. You know, you got to know your enemy type of thing. They're doing a sequel, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the kids, the girls love the songs. I think they just love I just really feel like hey. Frozen was like a 90-minute music video to Let It Go. I really feel like that's what the movie was about. But those aren't the two Disney movies I've okay. been watching. Like, um, my favorite Disney movie is Beauty and the Beast. And, good, um, good I started reading this, uh, book, which was a retelling of Beauty and the Beast called Beauty. And the author's name is, uh, slipping my mind, so that made me turn to it. Um, also, my friends, uh, recently, um, my friends Mandy and, uh, Tom Colos did, uh, The Little Mermaid, uh, at the Biome recently, which made me want to watch old Disney movies. Wow. So I watched Little Mermaid recently, and I watched, Beating the Beast, and uh, it just kind of got me in a roll of all my old favorite Disney movies, and now I'm watching The Lion King. So it's like, that's my guilty pleasure is, you know, my Disney movies that I used to it's watch when I was bad. a kid. That's not too bad at all. Okay. Yeah, what do we got here? You have nothing? <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I have so many. And I'm totally not <laughs> embarrassed to admit the fact that I will watch um, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, at The Drop of a Hat. <laughs> or the pirate movie. Oh, so man. there's a couple of musicals I am not ashamed to admit. Pirate Clue any day of the week. Clue is awesome. Clue. I will that watch. is making such a comeback all of a sudden. I don't know why. I've watched it since I was a kid. Oscar is my favorite Sylvester Stallone movie. Not ashamed to admit okay. that. None of those are horror, I know, but I don't. No, no, no. That's I what I mean. mean. It doesn't matter. I mean. Which pirate movie, though? The Pirate Movie. It's a musical. It's a from, terrible, terrible from 80s, 80s movie yeah. with Christy McNichol, and it's amazing. Oh, my God, Christy yeah? McNichol. <laughs> like, uh, but enough about me. <laughs> That's all right. No, that, those were great picks. Those are. <laughs> wow. And? I really like cartoons. Okay. As you can see, I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cartoons and uh, sci-fi. And, and uh, before Adventure Time, there was Flapjack and... Foster's Home for Imaginary uh, Friends. So those are all the things that, that I will Nothing put on after a long day. Nothing wrong with that. Drink beer. <laughs> I'm not really embarrassed. <laughs> awesome. You can't really take me serious. You can't really take me seriously. So <laughs> if I admit that to someone, like I don't know. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> oh, those are all good ones. Those are all good ones. Um, I, I watch really bad sci-fi movies on a Sci-Fi Channel, and I can't turn it off. I have to see how it ends. Yeah. And they're they're all terrible, but. I like, and this is how I started writing was figuring figuring out how I can make that terrible movie better, mm-hmm. changing the ending. You know, just like I've been doing that since I was a kid. But um, all right, this one here, I, I guess you know, I, I I've always been attracted to strong women, whether it's movies, music, or whatever. And it just, um, you guys are all very strong ladies, obviously. Um, but what what offends you in film these days? Like, well, right now, and music is this, there's got to be something that offends you. And you could say Kanye West. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Um. <laughs> what offends us? We we actually have this conversation a lot. I mean, at least I know Ryan and I have had this conversation, uh, and it's it, you know it's it's movies where you know women are just there as decoration. Mm-hmm. Um, Tara Reid. All of all of the main characters <laughs> yeah. are men. If there are lead women in it, they are you know. They're archetypes. They're stereotypes, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, that's why I want to watch, you know, Death Proof and Kill Bill and something, you know, where there is. And Tarantino. that's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. Or even even the um, Hunger Games. I mean, there you need 
these role models. I grew, I mean, I'm older than these guys. I grew up with. You're not older than me, I don't think. I, I, <laughs> you know, I grew up with Princess Leia and, you know, Marion from Indiana Jones. I mean, these are the women I was watching and loving, and, you know, mm-hmm. they don't get any stronger than that. They kind of, and they still kind of haven't. I mean, Kill Bill, okay. Um, who else? There's been some strong ladies recently, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 rough. It's the few and far between. The divergent movie. Yeah, really yeah. Good. Oh, strong female. I saw the Maze Runner, and there was the girl in there. that was pretty good. Yeah, she actually scared all the guys. It was pretty good. I, I, I her name escapes me. But what else? What else? That like? definitely offends me to no end. Is women who are decorations and nothing more than that. The thing that offends me more than anything is, and again, I apologize for this, is the Twilight series. And I, this now, is, by the way, this is Miss Starkey talking right now. And yeah, yeah I, no apologies necessary. That is a perfect example of a woman who just, you know, allows people to walk all over her and has no ambition for life other than to fall in love and get married and to have a kid. And, and uh, what spawned from that, what spawned from Twilight fan fiction is Fifty Shades of Grey. And then you've got, you know, that love, you know, is just, that and it's like mm. oh god it Didn't offends it me yet. to no end and again women in the film industry like again you want those powerful role models like the people in the hunger games or kill bill like the show that i'm doing right now professor outages well you've got you know seven women who were really like killers and you know they weren't black and white they weren't you know the the ingenue, the whore, the sexless housewife. These are like real women through history who've done terrible things. And it's like, you know, this is, these are real. These are raw. These are, you know, not pretty and perky and all of this stuff. It's this dark nature, you know, to humanity. And it's like, you know, let's see that side mm-hmm. of a female. Let's see the stronger side of a female. You know, I, I like, I like, it's more attractive. That go into that. Exactly. If, if you're a strong male, it's more attractive to find a stronger female. Emotionally wise, uh, just, you know, somebody with a brain, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's nice. Um, yeah, I, I, I hate saying that, but well, anyway, you were, you were on that topic with Twilight. <laughs> she obviously didn't have a, a brain. She couldn't think for herself. Yeah. Was, yeah. I can't. T- and, it just. And Fifty Shades of Grey keeps coming up on this show. Um <laughs> This is really important. I, I know a lot of female authors, and they're between the ages of 30 and 50. They all hated the book. Mm-hmm. All of them said that they were more the male model, the male role in in the book, meaning they were the powerful one. And they thought it was just basically shit. I just... don't understand it. That book came out, I think, in 2011. And, like, I was – I had these women who, you know, were talking about it with me, and they're like, you got to read this book. It's so awesome and everything like that. And I just get so much out of it. And I'm just like – I'm I'm married and I have a husband, so I don't need to be reading this book at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I can, you know. <laughs> really I mean, I, I've developed a radar for this thing. I have not <laughs> I read yeah. read this book. I've not seen the movie. I have no desire to see it. I did right. not read the Twilight series. I've not seen the movies. I have no desire to see them. I can I can smell it. From I envy your away. innocence. Yep. <laughs> Usually, a PG thirteen rating is a that's a radar for me and you <laughs> being you know because rated R. All the good movies were rated R back in the yeah. day. Uh, PG just means that they toned it down, PG-13 rather. Right. And it's not going to be scary. But, you know, back to, you know, the strong women thing. I mean, it's just, it makes them a footnote. And I don't like to see women as a footnote. You know, we're 50% or 51% of the population. And I, I know, you know, even in the history books or science books at school, we don't, we're not exposed to women. You know, you hear it's a footnote. Maybe you get a mention of hmm. uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, but you don't learn about all of the women in history. That is so no. true. That is so, oh, our history books were terrible with that. And I, I'm really, from New York. 
our books were shit when it came to they, women they, they in are. history. And like, I, yeah. I was a teacher. I, I, oh. I taught for eight years then from you high know. school. And, and, and I know. And it's just not there. And, you know, you grow up as a little girl and you feel secondary because mm. that's all you that you really learn. You don't really think twice about that either. You don't just think like, twice about it. It's not something you think about right. when you're in history and class. Yeah, I mean, Ryan and I have seen movies or read scripts and she'll be like, well, did you notice the way the girl was treated? And I'm like, no, I'm just so used to it. I didn't even, I didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that that's shame on me, you know. Like, I, I, I need to be more aware of that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's what we're used to, and I think um, it's hard, like, especially if the writer is a, a male, because mm-hmm. we're so complicated. It's hard to, uh, like, fill in the blanks of what a female character's motivation is going to be and what's going through a female character's head that they made up themselves and, and how it can help the story. And I would never presume if I was writing something what was in a man's head. I, I would ask. Mm-hmm. And the script that, you know, uh, we're working on for Friendly Zombie right now, you know, Jack has written this, it's written, there's two amazingly strong female characters in it. And what I love about what he's done with this... The fact that there are two, that's, that's good two. enough. That's yes. nice. That, um, Usually it's just one. <laughs> right, right. That he, you know, he's come to me, he's asked me, you know, specific questions because, you know, he's not naive enough to assume that he's going to know what's in a woman's mind. And right there, that's smart. Uh, mm-hmm. But the other thing I love about the script is there is no love interest. These are women who are doing things that they need to do because this is what has to that's be That's refreshing in itself. And, That's and awesome. People had read the script. They'd given us criticism. Oh, you need to get a boyfriend in here. And I said, no. I, I think I need yeah. to say Who's no. Who's saying that? No. Absolutely Let not. her do her thing. You know, and uh, I really, it's very refreshing to see that. And I'm proud of you. It's refreshing that. to hear. That's very one of the cool. things that I love about films in general. One of my favorite films of all time, The Shawshank Redemption. Yes, yeah, You've got, you know, those two prisoners in there and they, you know, they love each other. They have this strong bond as a friendship. And it's just like, I love those films, like Driving Miss Daisy as well. You know, you, you've got these two people who just, you know, generally care about each other and love each other without there being any sort of a love interest involved. That's powerful, you really? know. Good examples, mm-hmm. really good examples, and we're going to get more on this. Uh, we're going to take a little break here. Um, what do you think, fist fight in the parking lot, or should we go out with them? Oh, I I love Abby Lynn. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to you know we'll go out with them. Okay. Uh, we're going to play a, a little band that I know right now called Wings for Armor. You girls should really get to know. They're awesome. Just two girls, a drummer and a guitarist, and the girl can sing. Uh, that's Murphy McCulloch. Awesome. Yeah, there, there you are. I threw that out there. And Christy Drummer, of course, my favorite drummer. All right, we'll be back in a little bit, folks.
see women well take part in things that you would change or uh, untapped roles for females in for, horror yeah for strong female roles yeah and um, as a writer I'm, I'm always like questioning what the definition of a strong female character is and um, I, I don't I feel like we always make the strong female character someone who is unbreakable but I'm always wondering, like, as a writer, if, if I take a character and make her cry, um, I'm always double-questioning whether or not that's a good thing to do or not, whether or not that makes her weak. And <clears throat> I don't know. I kind of want your take on... I, I want to ask you guys how you feel about this, uh, because, like, I'm... Com- I'm conflicted about that. Like a motherly role is very strong if she's a good mother and strong and good for her kids, whereas the girl with the gun is strong in a different way. Is that what you're talking about? Like, yeah. Does it make her stronger? Different levels of strength. Because she's unbreakable? And what is unbreakable? Just because you have a breakdown and you cry, does I, that mean? I think the definition of, you know, being unbreakable is seeing how far that you can go before you break, you know, and overcoming those uh, obstacles. I think that... These people, you know, you have to, you, you do break down, you do cry, you do have these dark elements of yourself, but it's overcoming them. It's seeing past them that makes you a strong person, having lived it. That's my definition of, you know, a true, you know, unbreakable person, a strong female person who does break down but overcomes it and sees through it and fights through I it. I don't see breaking down as a bad thing. I That's don't see it either. That's the point I'm either. trying to make is yeah. like... Just because a character um, cries when something 
bad or overwhelming is happening doesn't make her a weak character. I feel like strong characters are are complicated, mm-hmm. and what makes a strong character is a well thought out character, a character who's been invested in completely. Well, absolutely. No, you're you're right. You're both right, and I think that it's not about being unbreakable. That's 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 a superhero movie. You know, I mean, we are all fallible, and it's not just about crying and being able to get up afterwards. It's seeing that strength through the crying. Exactly. And what you're doing. We don't want to deny our, our, our femininity. And it's not just us that cry. Like Men cry, cries. too. If you're in a bad situation, you could not be human. If you, like, why if you is that crying. attached to femininity? Well, because it's usually when we lose a woman. <laughs> that's, that's when we cry. <laughs> but we're talking about horror. We're talking about fear. Yeah. And, and fear um, has to do with like vulner- vulnerability. And there's a lot of strong female characters in horror. So what does that mean? Like, um, like I, I'm still trying to figure out what the question is. Mm. <laughs> I think that, you know, in a horror movie, it's usually that all of the characters are being put into a situation that is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something we encounter in our normal daily routine, we hope. Uh, and it's how does this take this character, put them in this situation, how do they survive it? Mm-hmm. What, what how do they wits, react? How do they react? How do they overcome what it? What are they yeah. thinking? Um, do how do they beat it? Are they going to survive? <laughs> are they going to succumb? Are they going to sacrifice themselves? And then there, you have a movie like um, High Tension. Have you seen that? Where, <laughs> the, well, the, the heroine turns around and, absolutely, and is the killer. And oh, it's just okay. like this drastic turnaround. You That's know, awesome. It's badass. It's been around for a while. Um, I hate to spoil a movie for you, but it's still worth seeing. Okay. It doesn't matter. You don't see it no, coming. I, I thought maybe it. you would have seen it, Carrie. I but haven't. But I was th- thinking in particular, the first time I saw uh, the original, Texas mm. Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. Sally. And she, she's crying the whole time. And she jumps out of a two-story window <laughs> and wa- you know crawls away on broken legs. I, I loved that. I thought that was amazing. That is a true She did not curl up in a ball and cry and and die in the corner. She found a way to get out of there, and she was crying. Mm -hmm. Because she wouldn't have been human if she wasn't. Uh, And I always always go back to that as a really good... You see her just, like, on the back of that truck as she's getting away, looking back and breaking down. But she did it. She did it. She survived. Yeah. You you said it, actually. Like, horror is really uh, the best... um, genre for the female um, strong female I guess it really is there's so many of the um, revenge ones you know you got one eye you know you got last house on the left oh yeah yeah. spit on your grave you know you've got these you know and then you get to kill Bill you know I mean the revenge ones they have their own little sub-genre you know and they're all very strong characters in different ways. I guess, like, when I was asking the question, I was thinking, like, is there a role that you, all, all of you, would rather, like, see a woman play rather than the guy playing it? Is there, like, something? Oh, okay. I, yeah. I mean, there have been female killers in the movies. There yeah. have been female uh, law enforcement in the movies. Been yeah. Some good, some bad. You know. I like Lene Quigley in Mothman, but that's just uh, not not no. That's Lene Laura Lene. Sorry, Lene Quigley. Laura, yeah, Laura Lene. That's it. Yeah, Lene Quigley is Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) different, different altogether. (laughs) You know that. Uh, (laughs) Well, um, well, let's get into this. I want to ask you music preferences. Uh, Me and Christine got into it a few times. Um, But what what do you guys listen to, as far as like whether getting ready to go to work or you're at work or getting you for you, Ryan, when you write, what are you listening to? Um. Oh, that's not a good answer. I'm, well, I'm very picky about music. Well, that's good. 
Um, so it just really depends, I think, on what I'm tired of listening to. And I'm always looking for something new. Music inspires so, me, so that's why I asked the question. I'm just curious where you are. It's part of why I love, um, you know, theater and film so much is it integrates so many different arts together. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, one of the things the other side did, and, and I hope oh, to do, oh, great with soundtrack, movies, is to use local artists um, for everything. Absolutely. As far as music goes, I, I like music in all genres, but it's got to be good music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, like I can listen to country music if it's not. Radio crap. I need to listen to Johnny Cash Johnny and, and yeah. Willie Nelson and Dolly Parton and Waylon Jennings. Like, I need to listen to Hank. I need my Hank. I'm with you on that. <laughs> um, but, you know, favorite, I mean, Pixies are my all-time favorite band. So everything just kind of trickles up or down from that. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, you I, like Joy Division? I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a metalhead. Yeah, you are. You know, well, I got, I I got like the Misfits too. t-shirt, so you know. Um, you, you got Down. Yeah, I love down. I Hate God. Uh, I love, love metal. Love yeah, yeah metal. I do. It's super Joint Ritual. Do you do that, Phil, and Samo's other? Uh, oh, I, yeah, no, yeah. I, yeah, I got to get you into that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I grew up with Slayer and all that. I met Slayer. Oh, but, yeah, Slayer. Um, a big one for me, and I think Carrie might be the only one that knows uh, Godflesh. Do you know them? You ever hear them? Uh, they, dark like, industrial, was but nineties. Um, actually, late eighties. Yeah, okay. and they're back, and they haven't stopped. That's just really good ambient stuff. That. Really good ambient stuff. Um, you put that in the background. I can write for days if I'm listening to that. <laughs> People are sick of hearing me talk about that. But yeah, metal for me. Ministry is probably my all-time favorite, next to Pantera. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I will say, I have a guilty pleasure though. Back in the day, was Def Leppard the first three albums. <laughs> yeah, yeah I love the industrial cringe-worthy. stuff too. You know, like you had David Graham uh, back in January. Yeah, that was a great well. show. Rec and, Room, um, yeah. Rec Room is awesome. Yeah, that's how I got you, because Dave knew you. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he's... I've been listening to a lot of him lately. He's um, interesting. Rec Room and um, the industrial stuff just kind of, you know, helped me wind down lately. So In- I've been listening to a lot of Industrial that. music is great for soundtrack. I mean, it just, it just works. There's a rhythm and a flow to it, and it flows with the scenes. That's the way I look at it. And when I'm writing, I use that because I can picture it in my head. But enough about me. I know. Let's see. I know. I God, I could talk to you guys for like days. I have <laughs> a really hard time listening to music when I write because um, I also sing and I was in a band. So really, when I'm listening to music, it inspires me to make music. So when I'm writing, I, I can't do both at once. No, all back right, in October, I have to have silence, or I have to have watched like a bunch of movies and thought about stories, and then I can sit down and write. And reading really helps me to think about language and. Yeah, back in October when I was really, when I loved to listen to the Misfits the most, you sent me a link, uh, that you were singing a Misfits song and I was yeah, like, Yeah, we sang Halloween. Oh, it was God. So that gets, that gets played in my basement every Halloween. We have a house You should listen to her. We have a house band. <laughs> you should listen to her sing Halloween. It is amazing. We slowed it down and made it What's this band? Creepy. You gotta elaborate on this. It was a band this. that I was in when I lived in Florida okay. called Autumn Empire. Okay. There's another girl that is amazing also and is fronting it now. Um, so we're not allowed to play that with you? You don't have any recordings? We do. I would have to ask. Well, ask, get permission. We play, again, we're, not my we're a third anymore. about music on this thing, maybe two thirds, but. But I, I am, I am organizing a new band right now, so if anything, if anything right. recorded, I'll send it your way. Please, please. The drummer is a, a female, and I, I originally didn't want to join this band because I wanted to do something acoustic, but then I found out the drummer was female, and I was like, fuck yeah. Let's uh, do it. Uh, I don't mess with drummers and female drummers. No freaking way. Oh awesome. no! <laughs> All right, let's see here. I did. Oh god, there's so much. Like I said, I, I even have here. Like I could talk to you guys for like three different shows. But um, what are your thoughts on remakes and reboots? 
why why are they why are they mm. not as good as the original? Is my question. Why What's so hard about making they stray from the formula? Why do Psycho again? Oh, that was That's, the biggest mistake. That was the first one, right? The first big mistake, right? Yeah, I, I'm. Ugh. I'm not a fan. I mean, unless there's a real reason to do it. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan. I liked King Kong, Peter Jackson, because I just thought he did justice to it and made it cooler. Yeah. And that was a reason to go back to the theater. But other than that, I did not then, enjoy that one. I, I liked the 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 middle one. Oh, um, the Twin Towers one. No, no, no. The, oh, King Kong, the second King Kong. That was, I guess, a reason to remake it because you know it was old, black and white. Mm-hmm. Oh know, God, I, just yeah. To bring yeah. it into the but. But then you got like the new Godzilla remake, and I'm I'm sorry, I uh, and Michael Todd Schneider will agree with me on this. The CGI is such a distraction <laughs> from you know well, the monster. You go practical anytime you can. I mean, the thing mm-hmm. is that you're never going to top thing. Practical effects still stands up to this day. There's a good remake. The thing? Yes. I have seen the original thing. Which is a classic. Which is a classic. A lot of people have a problem with the CGI in that second one. I have a problem with that, too, because... No, 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 no. I mean the original black and white. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes, what Carpenter did to it. Yes, fantastic. That was a good remake. Carpenter remaking it Mm -hmm. was a good remake. I did not hate the third one. Didn't hate it. Um, It had a good female, you know, lead. Good idea. I did not hate it, but it's not going to touch, you know... John no, Carpenters. No. What you liked about it, I think, Carrie, um, was it paid homage to everything we knew about the the Carpenter one. They went back to all the sites, and even it looked like the same set. It wasn't the Norwegian camp. But, um, yeah, they, they answered all those questions that we had for all those years as kids watching the original. Well, our original was Carpenter. But, yeah, the CGI took away from the latex of Carpenters. Agreed. Completely. And from what I understood, <laughs> they actually shot all of that practical. Mm-hmm. They had originally shot the thing. You're right. Yes, they shot no, it all no. practical, and the studio was like, "No, kids that's aren't going like to That's the thing that upset me the most about the thing. I actually saw actually footage hurt. that was, you know, the hardcore special effects that they worked so hard on, and it's amazing what they did. And then you see the movie, and the CGI, it really offended me. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, mm-hmm. in terms of like remakes as well, I don't understand them either. I think you can, you know, have the ability to do something new and exciting. Go and do that. To do a remake, I think it's lazy and I think, you know, it's just an, it's just to make money. You know, they see a cash cow yeah. involved in that. Oh, yeah. Unless you're going to yeah. do something different with it. Like you want to repaint a painting. Yeah. But you, people do do covers of songs. Yeah. You know, I mean, look at Respect. That's, that's a cover. Aretha Franken covered, covered. Aretha Franklin <laughs> covered that, uh, you know. So that's a, that's a good cover, you know. And there are a few good remakes, but in general, unless you're really gonna do something to wow people, why something different, why? Something, something different new. and creative, like you said, the Psycho remake. That was the exact same what a movie. Waste of that money. was so fucking. Now Bates stupid. Motel, I like that show. The show is. You want to talk about strong women? I'm in love with Vera oh. Farmiga. Oh my god, Vera Farmiga is it? Yeah. She is incredibly great. She's oh scary my god, as hell. She's amazing. Yes, oh. yes, and that's her sister that's in American Horror Story. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sister. yeah, that and of course Jessica Lange. What a comeback! Amazing. Jeez, I don't think she ever went away really. But if you want to talk about TV horror just for a moment, yeah. And speaking yeah. of the American Horror Story, I have not seen Freak Show yet, but I saw the first three seasons. Uh, Same here. And I thought each season got weaker. And by the time we got to Coven, and I'm v- was very excited because I love the whole witch thing. 
it was basically just a pillow fight. It was just women throwing <laughs> spells at each other, killing each other, and coming each back. Other, coming back. Thank you, Carrie. And I'm like, why is everybody all wet for this? Because I'm not. Uh, <laughs> you know, when when people come back from the dead, like every other episode, it takes away the, the what's scary, the, dying. You know, the just str- like, they had an opportunity to do something really strong there for women, really and it was a flipping pillow fight. I, I think at that time it say. gathered enough attention and all of a sudden they went down another route and people reacted to it. They did. I mean, remember at the end of the season how people reacted to it? I think they kind of were going to switch gears with I this current so. season, which I haven't seen yet, but I've been talking to my buddy Johnny about it and it sounds like they're kind of going back, oh, really? which I love. Okay. Werewolves? Uh, what are we doing? <laughs> what? No, no. Uh, what Their current season is um at a circus, I believe. Oh, no, oh I thought you meant the next one. I saw oh, Freak Show. the next show. one's in a hotel. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, were they yeah, going yeah, ghosts or that. something again? I don't know. Freak show was good, but they it was all about killing. They killed so many people. Like, yeah. It became unbelievable. I haven't they killed seen way the too many current people. season yet. Uh, it's good, though. It's good. It has its moments. And if you love you know, Jessica mm-hmm. Lange. You, well, and I love her. I do. I mean, she's part of the reason to love the second King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, just but just watching her sing. She does a garbage song. Do you like Shirley Manson? Garbage. Oh, come she on. does a she's garbage a song hero. live. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Oh, Shirley Manson. Oh, love her. Um, all right. Let's. right. I'm going to move on here real okay. quick. I have one more here. Because I, I have so many I could ask, and I'm, I'm going to forget some of we'll these. But back. yeah, you will be. <laughs> Trust uh-huh. me. Um, we were talking about this off air. Um, your views on 80s and the use of sexism with female archetypes, you know, constantly taking off the shirt and you know showing their tits. There was always one or two in every 80s horror movie. Mm-hmm. Mm, problem with it? I thought it got personally it got boring no, there, after a while. There's but... a formula to any genre, and horror has a has, has a formula. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have you know, tits that get tits. blood sprayed on them. I'm going to be disappointed because that's part of what, you know, that's just, that's the 80s yeah. genre of horror. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to have, you know, the, the kids they are either at a camp or they're in a sorority house or whatever. And it's part of the fun. And I don't see that as, it, it's a joke now. Right. It's become a joke. and it They steer clear from me. it now, it seems. They, they, they almost of... like purposely go around it. We yeah. didn't mm-hmm. have any on the other side. We didn't have any you know, blood splattered boobs, but, uh, you know. I think there's purpose behind it, too, you know, other than here are boobs, you know, just for the sake of seeing boobs. I don't right. like that. I do like there being purpose behind it. And at the same time, you know, you with uh, talking about indie horror films, you've got people who who do not show their boobs or do not show nudity in scenes where it's just like, well, why is she wearing her bra and having sex? <laughs> Nobody wears their bra and have sex. Realism, that pisses yeah. me off. Yeah. I would, you know, a it, sense of yeah. realism, exactly. You insult your audience. I don't like it when they insult. The biggest problem I have with horror movies and uh, directors insulting their audience, the genre fans. It, okay, there's a party going on and somebody gets killed. Okay, they find the body, but the party continues. I have a real problem with that. <laughs> mm. They start opening more beers. Like nobody calls the cops. There's a there's a hundred and ten movies like that. We call that suspension of disbelief. But it's just like I, that kills me like every time. And uh, even the, the day of cell phones, like oh we have no connection. They never have a connection. It's like I don't know. I just, they, that drives me crazy. Now what would be nice in the horror movies if you know if you're going to have the blood splattered boobs, uh, let's have a few butts as well. We, That's what we, I was going to say. We would love to see some some men's butts. Um, that would maybe be bulge. Maybe a bulge. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pass. You know, Nailed it in the just labyrinth. Make it fair. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite movie. David Bowie. Well, hey, that was Jennifer Connelly. That, that yeah. was one of my first loves. Oh, oh, same yeah. here. Same here. Yeah. Did and you what? Like, did you like uh, what is it? Dark Water uh, that she did. Did you see that? 
That's the, the uh, remake of the Japanese. Yeah, film. I think it was. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I like that she was in it. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's get into, real quick here, Scream Queens. Uh, you guys say yay or nay. I'm curious where you are with some of these. Um, Debbie Rochon? Debbie. You know, I just Debbie. saw her in uh, Razor Days, the Happy Cloud Pictures. She has yeah. a resume like Yeah, ridiculous. she's been in like 280-some movies, and this woman, she makes a wonderful living. She's a wonderful person. being a B-movie actress, and she's working, and that's the main thing, is if you love the art, you're not doing it for the money, you're doing it. That alone is a yay. She looks yeah. good for her age, so too. And she's she just amazing. she's a sweetheart. I mean, absolute yeah, beautiful very person. lovely person. Okay, so you're giving her a yay. Okay, um... This one, all right. Daniel Harris. Was she from? Uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, Halloween. She was a little girl that they, when they brought back Halloween. In uh, four and five. Time. Yeah, now she's older and she was just in, um, ooh, what's that? A Hatchet, the Hatchet series. Hmm. One, two, and three. I don't know if enough about her. I like her as a child. Um, Interesting. I have to see I'm her. More. I don't know enough about her to. Thumbs down on this. Yeah. Um, she she did horror realm. Uh, she wasn't. She was popular, but not everybody was going. I think she just wasn't real open with her fans or something. Uh, mm. Something was there. I don't, I don't know. If she ever hears this, well, I don't know. Be nicer next time. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh God. Uh, let's go with Veronica Cartwright. You know oh, who that is. Oh, God. Why does this woman not have an Oscar? She's my favorite. Why does she not have an Oscar? <laughs> to fill you in, she was Lambert in Alien, the original Alien. She was the other girl. The other Yay. Woman, the pilot. And uh, she also, she she needed an Oscar for The Witches of Eastwick. Let's just put it Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <gasps> yes. Uh, this is a big yay for, yes. for Veronica. Yeah, huge, huge. I actually make mention of her in, in one of my books just because uh, I'm a huge fan. Um, all right, let's see. This is a weird one. Uh, Cassandra Peterson, Elvira. Elvira. <laughs> Talk about, like, knocking it out of the park for your age. <laughs> what fountain of youth did this oh, woman fall in? She is beautiful. And a natural redhead, I believe. Yes. Yeah, she did. Um, yeah, that's so, a you know, big thumbs up for that on my part. She uh, looks better with the red hair than that giant. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So that's a big thumbs up. Elvira and you too? No? Yay. Yeah, yeah, that's a Absolutely. yay. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, Karen Black, God bless her. Karen. She passed away in 2013. Yes, yes. Um, she was Lady Firefly in House of a Thousand Corpses, but she has another resume. It's ridiculous. Before that, like, yeah. yes. Uh, wonderful. She was uh, nuts. It's always sad when a scream queen uh, dies. Uh, we had a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She uh, passed away last year. I was very upset about her. Love Karen. Karen, no, see, that's a huge one. Um, I didn't know she was an easy rider. Well, I, I didn't realize I didn't that. know that either. I saw that so long ago. That's a good revisit, I think. I have to go back to that. Linda Blair. I go. Oh, oh yes, yes. All right, that's a no-brainer. D. Wallace, D. Wallace D. Stone. She's been in everything. Yep. Like, you name an '80s movie, the but, woman was in it. But the Howling is my favorite. Howling is got to be up with Dog Soldiers. That is like the two <sighs> two best werewolf. <laughs> oh my god. Werewolf best. movies ever. Did you ever. see that? No. You, oh, I have Dog Soldiers somewhere. I don't. Think, As wow. the werewolves look so good. Not to take anything away from American Werewolf in, in London. That was the fantastic. Are amazing. David Naughton is awesome. By the way, I met him. But just the way these werewolves looked in the Howling is classic. It's practical effects they weren't afraid to show them running you know and show the legs and just like and they were tall as hell how about the one-on-one the guy fights a werewolf uh, the baby werewolf with a frying pan and wins (laughs) so it was like realistic it was like this because he was a marine i mean he knew how to handle himself Uh, that was a badass scene and fight in the kitchen of course, uh, well, we won't spoil that one. But that's a great. You got to see Dog Soldiers. Watch it tonight, Dog man. Soldiers. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, I, I promise you will not and be disappointed. And strong female role. Strong, yes. All right. In, bo- in both of those, actually, I don't, Howling and. Dog I can't say anything else without spoiling it, so I don't want to say. Anything. <laughs> uh, all right, that's 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 a that's a winner. Um, let's see here. Oh, oh, this is one. Um, yeah. Well, Marilyn Burns, Sally. You were talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, she's a scream queen. I, I love her. One of the first. 
Um, Lene Quigley. Yes. Let's go back to her. What do you say? She has a huge resume, but does she get screen, the credit to be a screen queen? What do you think? Return of the Living Dead, um, Night of the Demons, uh, and Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. Uh, to rate, she has like 30 movies. I yeah, know. I mean, I guess that's More. kind of the definition. Was she screaming so much as she was, uh, look well, at my boobies? She got, <laughs> she got naked as a punk rocker in a cemetery and then How eaten by zombies. How could we forget? Was there a lot of screaming? You know what? That's a good question. This is um, tough because she actually predicted her own death. She said the worst thing that could happen to her was eaten by a bunch of old men, and then she gets eaten by zombies. And I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's hard to tell, but I would fans I would, love her. I would labor her, I, label her, her screen that, queen yeah. because again, she's she's had so many credits to her name. Mm. People love her. She shows up at all and, the conventions. Uh, Very friendly. She, <laughs> Yeah. There's something that I love about her that she, the way that she carries herself in her films, there's something very confident about her mm-hmm. that it's, that isn't like the average screen queen. And I love and she's that. She's very tiny. She's so yeah. tiny. She's a yeah. little tiny person. And, but there is so much that comes out of that tiny little body. <laughs> the things that she does on screen is amazing. Like you'll be watching something, but my eyes are, di- go to directly to her. Yeah. We'll give her a yay. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's go. Jamie Lee Curtis, no brainer. Oh, no, <laughs> one of the originals. Lori I mean, Strode. Oh, I'm sorry. I love, I love her. The Fog. She was in The Fog, fog. the original. Prom Night. Uh, prom Night, nice one. That's mm-hmm. a real good one. Uh, but yeah, The Fog. I like the original. I do not like the remake of. The fog. I enjoy the original. Well, you. I did it. not see the remake, and I'm glad mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah, you, don't mean, do that. you can't beat Adrian Barbo. That was my next one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm gonna be in line to see her at Horror Hound. I mean, I know Norman Reedus is there, but I'm not waiting four days for him. I'm going straight to. Adrian's table because that. I need to talk to this woman. Yes, you do. And, I, and report back, please. And I'll be uh, stopping by to see my friend Tom Atkins well. <laughs> oh, yes. He, he's a veteran. He's uh-huh. a veteran. Um, last I have here, again, this list could go on for four more shows, and I'm going to get feedback on not hitting on some. But um, Asia Argento, you know. Oh, it, yeah. I, well, Suspiria is in my top two favorite horror movies, if not my favorite. Yes. uh, I was just listening to the soundtrack before you arrived. Now, there's a good example of music and movies, and you cannot have Suspiria without the Goblin soundtrack. Yes. Just like you cannot have Legend without the Tangerine Dream Tangerine Dream. And try to watch Jaws without that music. (laughs) There's so many examples of the music being tied, and that goes back to what Ryan was saying about... So writing and, and the music and the influence and, and how uh, she has to get back with the band and send me music yeah, yeah. and <laughs> uh, yeah yeah opera you know all that opera stuff. Um, um, that's a huge one I think one. his soundtrack definitely builds a film for sure and uh, her father casts her in these roles where she's always getting naked that's a little weird <laughs> he's not the only there have been others that do that you know <laughs> Borman did that with Excalibur <laughs> that's a little you know, weird his daughter is naked I, and that. Argento so, is one of my favorites no there's nothing wrong with that we were talking earlier about Jennifer uh, over there, oh, yeah, yeah, which is Argento. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. That's a badass uh, film for the uh, Masters of Horror. That one's God, scared the hell out of me. If you're a dude, that movie scares the hell out of you. I, has to do with a succubus, sort of, <laughs> if you want to call her that. Succubus is a good term. Yeah, yeah what else could she be? It's definitely worth a watch. <laughs> I'm going to let you borrow it. Oh, please do. <laughs> oh, yes. Then report back. But that, that's my list for now. Anyway, I, I had a couple. I, I'm going to throw in here for a personal one for me is Shawnee Smith, because she was great in the Blob remake. And I, I love uh-huh. the Blob remake. I love Kevin Kevin Dillon, 80s. Yes. I remember you, you don't like that? that? My mom wouldn't let me watch it. <laughs> it's good. That was good with real special effects before CGI. I saw uh, the original block. Oh, the original I couldn't rules. take a, a which shower scared the hell out of me. Then you got it. <laughs> yeah, that was scary. But you, sh- you need to watch the remake. You never saw that? Not the remake. <gasps> yeah, no, oh, it's so worth it. I didn't see it either. I don't think oh I gosh, own it. Do I own it? it? 
that's that's what that's all right that'll be movie night okay here. cool cool okay well i unless you got well first of all you got to give out your facebook's your twitter's everything else where, where do people find you we could start with you ryan uh facebook and i have a twitter i don't remember what nobody ever i just does. started following you on twitter yay <laughs> yes um, you started following me i'm a new follower it's her <laughs> <laughs> my roommate we'll just follow each other that's funny <laughs> i didn't have i didn't have a twitter till recently so um yeah. Any websites or any Facebook pages you want them to see, this is the chance. <laughs> well, you have a Facebook page for Deja Vu. Oh, yeah. There's a Facebook. Look up Deja Vu Film or Facebook.com slash Deja Vu Film. Um, that's the page for the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, on Facebook, I'm Carrie Jubilee and uh, my uh, The Rage of the Stage Players. You know, that's just your typical Facebook on backslash. Facebook, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rage of the Stage. Also on, on Twitter, I'm on there as Carrie Schoberg. Uh, Rage of the Stage is on there as well. Uh, you can find me on oh. LinkedIn, all that stuff. So Friendly Zombie Productions is my film company. The Rage of the Stage Players is my uh, theater company. And uh, you can find me as Carrie Jubilee or Carrie Schoberg. She just thought of something. Oh, yeah, anyway. I forgot that to mention that. The production company that we that me and my boyfriend started, allpointsproductions.com. That's it. Awesome. Cool. And Miss Christine Starkey. And yes, I am on uh, Facebook as uh, Christine Starkey. You can follow the other side uh, on Facebook as well, just by typing in the other side. They also Orchard Place Productions as well. I'm on Twitter as Christy Starkey. Yeah, that confused and, me for a bit, but I found you. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Twitter as Christine Starkey at uh, Christy Starkey, and um. Been just having a lot of fun with Michael Todd Schneider and his film company, um, Michael Maggot. So Maggot Films. Um, you can find a lot of his stuff online as well. So I'm familiar with him. Very cool. Um, I'm at Fairly Dark. Uh, thanks for following me, guys. Been getting a lot of followers lately. And uh, please uh, check out my book. The latest one is Dwelling in the Dark, available at uh, well on Amazon.com. And you could also find it at, at uh, BurningBallPublishing.com. That's Dwelling in the Dark. Thanks a lot for listening. And of course, you can always uh, tune back in uh, anytime. Uh, check us out, Society13 on Facebook. And you definitely want to check out Society13 Network um, at WordPress. I'm sorry, dot .wordpress.com. All right, and thanks for listening, folks, friends and friends. Me girls want to say goodnight. Sweet dream. Thank you for having us. Absolutely.
Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> okay. And we have Ryan here on um, CGI versus reality. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> What do you got? You, you're, off air, she just went into this rant that was like beautiful, but go for it. Well, we were talking about CGI before, and uh, it made me think of, of Jurassic Park and how Spielberg originally was, um, he regretted not being able to use CGI for the original Jurassic Park, but I was, but that's what made that movie so freaking scary because the monsters were so tangible. And um, they're just giant puppets, and that's what made Jaws so scary, I feel like, and what made it so genius. So when you have, like, a movie that has CGI in it, it, for me, it takes me out of it. And that's why I have a hard time with a lot of horror films, because I'm either afraid that that's what's going to happen, is we're going to see the CGI, or, um, yeah, just from a writer's perspective, I guess takes you out of the story yeah mm-hmm. uh, so okay. and and the next thing i thought about was del toro i love like the labyrinth and i i don't know i don't think he used too much well okay the this that was hansen and puppets back then yeah yeah um i mean not the labyrinth Hans Hans Labyrinth. Hans Labyrinth. There we go. Yeah. I think he did use cgi in that but it was a little bit more Realistic, acceptable yeah. because it wasn't like I don't remember him using CGI in Pan's Labyrinth. Was the was the um, maybe for his centaur or whatever he was? No, no, he he was real. Maybe the man in the creepy man with the you know the eye man. for a hand. Yes. I think his legs might have been CGI, but he was real. He's I think, a real person. He gets work like think that. There, all it the might time. have been half no Dan half. Uh, Dan Jones or uh, I forget he his was name. Also in Hellboy, he was. Um, Hellboy was awesome. Yeah, he, he's Dave Hellboy. Jones, I think his name is. He's he's phenomenal. He's um he's he was in Hocus Pocus as well. Yes, uh, yes, he was. He, he's great. Never and, saw that. Oh, oh, no. it's great. Not not many guys like Hocus Pocus, Hocus Pocus no. but yeah, I'd watch but it. yeah, I think I don't think they use CGI in Pam's Labyrinth. Awesome. I, I don't remember. Um, so so a little bit in the I Devil's Back. I was thinking about Del Toro's movies and how um. There wasn't any, and how his monsters are always amazing. So I'm like blown away by Del Toro, and how um, when I saw the trailer for Mama, I saw the short film that, it, that inspired it, and they used um, pull, like a pulley system to to make the ghost. They attached her limbs and her body to this like pulley system in the hallway so that she could lean way far over and just like shake and look like she's floating. And that scared the shit out of me. And then I saw the movie, and I was very disappointed because this the ghost was just all CGI. Mm. And it took me out of it. And I was just like, man, Del Toro, come on. Like, Well, I have to add this now. Okay. Um, Star Wars fan, obviously. J.J. Um, Abrams is in charge. And what I understand is they're getting away from the CGI and using models again for the ships Bring and the back space. The Muppets. And the Muppets. Yes. Yeah, right? <laughs> yes. But we're seeing, I don't know, I don't know if there's going to be any CGI because the fans spoke out. So I'm really looking Good. forward to that. <laughs> yeah, they're using the ships as models. Like, you know, I mean, they may as well be in this room right here behind you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so they're going back to that. So yeah, they, I guess they're listening to fans and they have a budget. They got Disney's yeah. budget. But I am looking forward to that for a reason. 
I'm a huge fan. But I don't know where you are, Carrie, because you grew up with that stuff, too. Yeah, and there's there's two kinds of people in this world. There's the kind that thought Yoda's lightsaber battle was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And those of us who were lying on the floor laughing so hard, yeah. our me. sides hurt. Yeah, yeah, that would be me. Everybody around me is cheering. I am laughing. I, I couldn't even breathe. I, it was the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen. It ruined the entire movie for me. Mm. And... I'm sorry, Muppets are the way to go. Yeah. yeah. I, sorry, Henson had it right. Yeah. Bring him back. God bless him. I, I do not need a, a Yoda that can do that. Yeah. He's Yoda. Use your mind powers. Thank I mean, you. me and you, you. Manipulate the lightsaber with your mind. Yes. Hello. Me and you grew like up that. with the Muppets, and we would watch the Muppet show, and all of a sudden you see a candle, and Kermit goes, ha, blowing out the candle, and he'd look at the camera and say, think about that one, folks. That's more creative. That's more creative than the lightsaber fight, for sure. Nice. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the new Star Wars movie. I, there are people who are, you know, a little bit nervous about it and talking about it, and I look at them and I say, um, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Because, you know what, I'm going to wait till it comes out before I have anything to say, but I love, 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 love you know, going back to the practical effects, the models, the Muppets. It gets me really excited. And Harrison gets... Ford and the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> I'm excited yeah. for Boyega. As soon as I heard he was cast, because I fell in love with this kid in um, yeah. Attack the Block, which is another amazing horror movie with monsters that look different. I don't know this one. You need to see Attack the Block. Okay. I recommend this to everybody. Netflix? How do I see this? This is where I saw Boyega for the first time, and he is phenomenal in this movie. i got to find this movie. Attack the Block. I can't say nothing wow. about it. Wow, okay. Nick, Nick Frost is in it. It's, you, know, you had me at monsters. So. I, but the alien monsters in it look good. Wow. There's awesome. something actually different. Is that an independent film? I, I think so. It's British. I think it's oh, an independent film. I really I feel like independent it, the budget wasn't that big. Budget was not you that saw it big. too? Yeah. Saw, what the hell? Oh. <laughs> I'm so behind. Just, if you haven't seen Attack the Block and Hocus Pocus, you need to see these two movies. <laughs> you've never, you've never seen Hocus Pocus. No, or? No, Most no, guys no, aren't into Hocus no. Pocus. I know a lot okay, of guys that are into it, so it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Well, this was fun. Ryan, do you have something else here? When she's driving home, she's going to be like, wait, can I come back? Um, I, I have a, a lot that I could say. <laughs> I hope it's good. We'll be back. All right. That's good. You're all welcome back. Thanks again, folks. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric acid. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast.
Electricast. Electricast. 